gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this, the second week of the National Football League season. And, Victor, it was quite a week, a good debut for the National Football League last week in college football, a lot of excitement. All in all, what was your take week number two of the college football season last week? It sure is fun when things are clicking, that is for sure, Mark. Uh, Your executive game day service A very good weekend. East Carolina and Ohio University. Winners on Saturday. Realistically, you should have went 3-0. That third play was on Tennessee, who had that uh, big-time lead against Oklahoma. And they gave it up. The game, of course, went into overtime. But 2-1 overall for your executive service. And then Mark uh, finished that with a 2-0 sweep in the NFL on Sunday. Buffalo Bills and the St. Louis Rams. And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the newsletters. Our playbook newsletter has started very hot in the season. Our best bets were eight and one now in the season. Not bad at all. The totals tip sheet had a profitable week one as well. There are some undefeateds uh, playing uh, this week in college football. Some teams in college football perhaps don't deserve to be undefeated. Perhaps some do. We'll be talking about one of those games in our uh, college football game of the week, Mark. But overall, very, very good with the newsletters and the services are doing well. Yeah, we couldn't be more pleased right now, Victor, with the start that we've had to this 2015 football season, both on the newsletter publications side and our late phone football services side as well. And you talked about college football now, two games under everybody's belt. I took a quick poll of the polls, did a tally of the top 25 teams and leading the pack once again, as almost always seems to be the case is the SEC with seven teams ranked in the top 25. We have the Pac-12, a conference who I think is going to challenge the SEC for supremacy this football season. Next, with five teams inside the top 25, then it's the Big Ten and the Big 12 with four representatives and the ACC with three. So balanced as usual, like we usually see in the past, a little bit of surprise, Victor, as you mentioned, are some of these 2-0 and o football teams. I call them maybe the wannabes, the surprises in college football that have started out 2-0. and o. We know all about the Ohio States and the Alabamas, but it's the 2-0 and o wannabes, the surprises that have caught some attention here. Any of those 2-0 and o wannabes, Victor, that you see perhaps maybe falling on hard times by season's end? We'll be talking about one of them a little bit later. That might be Auburn. Now, the same could be made for an, another SEC team in the Florida Gators, who've got a tough road game against Kentucky on deck. Boston College is one of those undefeated teams, Mark. They have a a weekday game this week against Florida State on Friday. We'll see if their cream puff schedule uh, is real or not. Miami, our team down here in South Florida, the Hurricanes, a tough home game against Nebraska. Miami has not looked good against their cream puff schedule thus far. Yes, they're 2-0, and but we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend as well. Uh, another team, Notre Dame and the poor fighting Irish. Here's a team that's trying to overcome some major injuries on offense, and they're going to face uh, a schematic challenge, if you will, defensively this week against the Georgia Tech option attack. Uh, One more team I might submit to you would be perhaps the Northwestern Wildcats. Yes, a big signature win in the first week of the season against Stanford. And then, of course, a a route last week against Eastern Illinois. But a tough, what I call an SAT Bowl matchup with Duke and Durham coming up for the Northwestern Wildcats. Yeah, we call that the Brainiac Bowl. Uh, It (laughs) seems like uh, Duke is taking on a lot of... uh, High SAT types college football teams. They went up against Northwestern. Now it's Stanford this particular week. And following up on some of those two and zero wannabes that you mentioned, Victor, I would maybe also toss into the into the hat uh, out of the American Athletic Conference three two and zero teams that have been a surprise. Uh, Connecticut 
Tulsa and Temple. Temple, we're going to find out about whether they're real or not this week. They're going to take on Massachusetts, so maybe a real sleeper-type team, Massachusetts, that a lot was expected from hasn't produced yet. We'll see whether there's a letdown in order for Temple this week. Connecticut 2-0, Tulsa 2-0. Tulsa with the new head coach uh, with a lot of offense. Uh, this football team looks like they may be uh, the real deal. Look at the ACC side of things. You see Syracuse sitting at 2-0, and and I would be surprised if they're even a bowl team by season's end. I think they'll be coming back to the pack. You also take a look, uh, teams that are 0-2 maybe that are looking for a reversal of fortune per se inside that same American Athletic Conference is Central Florida, a team that is really challenged for the conference title each last three or four years running here. They start at 0-2. I think better days are ahead for the Golden Knights of Central Florida. In the Conference USA, surprising Old Dominion, uh, just new to the FBS waters last year. They've started out... 2-0 this football season, or I think they're going to slip backwards. Uh, taking a look at another 0-2 football team that we're going to talk about, or not going to talk about, I want to mention here, are the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, there's a football team that's going to play early this week on Thursday. They've gotten out to an 0-2 start. We'll see if they can't reverse their fortunes in that football game on Thursday. And then over in the Sunbelt Conference, you've got Arkansas State. And Not that they're a powerful football team, it's just that this team is really challenged for the Sunbelt Conference lead and won the conference championship many times in the past five years. They always schedule tough games to open the season, which is their M.O., and I, I like their M.O., given the fact that they go out against the big boys and then go into conference, play a little bit toughened up, if you will. Look for Arkansas State, I think, to rebound and fall upon better ways. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. And Victor, over on to the National Football League side of things, where week number one got off to a pretty impressive debut, if you would, for the National Football League, especially for teams in the AFC East. How about the AFC East? All four teams come up victorious, 4-0, and every team spotless opening week. You take a look at uh, also the likes of the AFC North, that made a strong pack impact other than the Cleveland Browns and the NFC Central. The NFC North went with just one and three. Your take, Victor, the first week of the National Football League season. Well, it wasn't a very good weekend for the books. That I say that because some of the public teams that generated a lot of action did, in fact, cover the point spread. Uh Green Bay was a pretty much a square team that covered the spread against the Chicago Bears. The Miami Dolphins were one of the more popular road favorites in week one. And thanks to a punt return of the second half, they covered the spread against the Washington Redskins. Two more uh, public back teams that covered the spread as favorites were the Cincinnati Bengals and the Denver Broncos. Favorites went 8-5-1 overall in week one. That's uh, never a good sign for the actual books, as the squares like playing their favorites. I do have two games that we um, marked up as pick'ems, the Houston-Kansas City game and the Indianapolis-Buffalo game, although a case can be made that Buffalo was pretty much a home underdog all week long. It was not till the square money joined the sharp money on the Buffalo Bills on Sunday that that game went all the way down to pick them. And, of course, that was your four-star best bet as well, the Buffalo Bills. In terms of totals in the NFL, Mark, slightly more overs and unders. Nine and seven overall, nine overs, seven unders in the NFL. The average NFL over-under line was 452 and this continues to, to amaze me, and that's the guys who set the lines. The average line was 45.2, and guess what the average amount of points were in those games, those 16 games? Exactly 45.2. Uh, I've never even seen that before. The average results were exactly the same as the OU line average. So an interesting week in the NFL. Our service did well. We hit both sides of the Sunday night game. The Giants as an underdog was pretty much a no-brainer. That was covering the point spread almost the entire game against the Dallas Cowboys. We were fortunate to win the over in that game with 10 points in the last minute and a half play, including that great uh, last-second Tony Romo drive, a drive that uh, they can be thankful that uh, was the result of some questionable New York Giants offensive play calling at the end of the game. And then uh, I hope you didn't get uh, fall into the Monday night trap 
of both of those games over the total, particularly Philadelphia, Atlanta, as those Monday night games actually both went under the total. One of those plays was a King Creole service play on Minnesota and San Francisco under the total. That was one of the easier unders of the entire weekend, the final score 20-3. to But a, a good week for us in terms of overall totals as well. Sounds like a good week overall, Victor, especially the National Football League side of things. Total sides, not a good week for the sports book bookmakers, if you will, given the fact that uh, a lot of money that was bet on a lot of the popular favorites cashed for those particular players. So all in all, I think the players had a pretty good week when it came to the National Football League side of things. And I know, Victor, I was not, and I don't believe you were either, one of the $1 million or $2 million winners at DraftKings this week. I know we both participated in that fantasy football draft on Sunday, but speaking with you before the show, I know that uh, you're authoring uh, the King's Fab Five Lab uh, overview each week on the Playbook website. Every Thursday, Victor posts five lineups to look at, examine for your DraftKings uh, million-dollar entries into their NFL football contest. Whether it's a million dollars or whether you play the smaller contest, it's a great overview from Victor. And uh, Talking with you, Victor, this morning, I know there's a new discovery that has been made, and uh, it turned out quite well. You called it the new double-down theory. Explain it to our listeners, if you would. I certainly will, and congratulations to the guy who did win the $2 million, a guy whose uh, user ID was Bala, and he only won because he started Carlos Hyde on Monday night. And on Carlos Hyde's last run of the night, when he added five rushing yards to his total, Bala went from second place to first place. He won the $2 million in the Million Dollar Millionaire Maker. Uh, me, I didn't do so well, but at least I made back enough money that I invested in week one, enough for me to come back strong in week two. The theory that we want to introduce this week in regards to our DraftKings lineups, Mark, is something that you just mentioned called doubling down on a player and basically that means uh, i got a list here of maybe seven or eight players that not only are these players significant offensive contributors to their team but they're also kick returners they're punt returners and what you want to do is let's say you're going to be using antonio brown as one of your wide receivers this week and why not he's one of the best he has a high salary of eighty hundred dollars don't forget that Antonio Brown is also a kickoff returner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the point when using a double down player is to use them in more methods than one in that he can contribute in more ways than one. So if you're going to be starting Antonio Brown this week, you also want to start Pittsburgh as your special teams player in the same lineup. I say that because if Antonio Brown returns a kickoff or a touchdown, not only do you get points because Antonio Brown is in your lineup, you also get double those points because you have Pittsburgh Steelers as your special teams in that same lineup. It's called doubling down on a player. And there's a handful of these players that not only are they impactful offensive players, whether it be in the wide receiver or the running back position, but they're also a special teams player. They return kicks. In fact, there were three punt return touchdowns in week one. Mark, if you started Jarvis Landry as a wide receiver, and why not? He was hot in the preseason. Down here in South Florida, we know he's going to get a heck of a lot of targets. He's uh, Ryan Tannehill's main man. He had 12 targets last week. If you started Jarvis Landry and the Miami Dolphins defense in week one, you got double the points when he returned that punt for a touchdown in the third quarter. The same was the case in the St. Louis Rams game. If you started Tavon Austin as a cheap wide receiver, and why not? His salary is only 3500 That's just about the bare minimum. When he returned that punt return for a touchdown, if you used Tavon Austin and St. Louis as your defense, you got double the points. The same thing happened with Tyler Lockett. I used Tyler Lockett in one of my five Fab Five lineups as a Seattle Seahawks player. He was minimally priced, $3,000 wide receiver. And I also used Seattle defense in the same lineup. When he ripped off a punt return in the third quarter against the St. Louis Rams, if you used him and Seattle as your defense, you got double points. Again, it's called doubling down on a player. So here's your list of eight players where if you're going to be using the player in your lineup this week, also use 
his team as your special teams or defensive player. Those players are Antonio Brown. His salary for this week is 8800 Use him in conjunction with the Pittsburgh special teams. Golden Tate. Don't forget Golden Tate for Detroit. He's returning punts for Detroit as well. So if you're going to be using Golden Tate, use Detroit as your defense. The aforementioned Jarvis Landry. If you're going to be using him in your lineup, and why not? He's hot. Also use Miami as your starting defense in that lineup. Old man Steve Smith of the Baltimore Ravens. He's returning kicks as well. So if you're going to use Steve Smith, also use Baltimore as your defense. I mentioned Tyler Lockett. Uh, salary is $3,400 this week. Nice, low-priced, high upside. Same with Tavon Austin. Use the St. Louis Rams if you're going to be using uh, Tavon Austin. A guy who looked good on Monday night, Mark, is Darren Sproles of the Philadelphia Eagles. Not only is he an impactful player on offense, but he returns punts as well. In fact, he was the number two rusher on Philadelphia on Monday night. He rushed five times for 50 yards. He had nine targets as a wide receiver. And he returned punts. And his salary is only $3,500 to boot. And our final two guys are Ted Ginn of Carolina. Guess what? Ted Ginn is now the starting wide receiver for Carolina. His salary is only $3,100. He had seven targets as a receiver. And he still returns kicks for Carolina as well. And finally, Percy Harvin of the Buffalo Bills. He had a bomb for a touchdown. And he's also returning kicks. Decent salary, $4,500. They're called the double-down players, Mark. They're guys you want to consider in your DraftKings lineup each week that are also kickoff or punt returners for their respective teams. Boy, Victor, I'd love to be able to use nine wide receivers this week <laughs> and nine <laughs> special team defenses, but uh, we will certainly put a lot of those into consideration when making up our DraftKings ticket for the Millionaire Maker Contest Sunday in the National Football League. And you can read more on this. Victor will follow us up in his analysis on his Kings Fab 5 article on the uh, playbook.com website, which will be posted every Thursday. Be sure to check that out. Good information from Victor King as far as fantasy, daily fantasy football winnings goes. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to break down our college football game of the week, a dandy inside the Southeast Conference. When we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. We're going against the spread in this week's college football game of the week. We've got a dandy on tap inside the Southeast Conference where the LSU Tigers host the Auburn Tigers in a battle of Tigers in the Southeast Conference on Saturday. Victor, your take when these two top 25-ranked football teams score off at LSU. Mark, I'm going to look to go low in this game, and the line is showing that uh, there's a lot of that early sharp money going on the under. It opened at 52-and-a-half, Auburn and LSU. Uh, yesterday was down to 50. This morning when I'm looking, it's already down to 49, 49-and-a-half range. 
So if you're going to take a look at the under in this game, you're going to want to get your play in as soon as possible. It looks like that's the way the action is going. You know, uh, Jeremy Johnson was supposed to be the real deal, the quarterback for Auburn. He's already on the hot seat, five interceptions and 53 pass attempts. Almost lost to the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State last week as a 40-point favorite on the outlaw line. Uh, and the Tigers, they're, yeah, they're 2-0. But that's probably because error-plagued Louisville couldn't start the opening game uh, competently and because uh, Tiny Jacksonville State couldn't uh, close the second game adequately. Uh, Jeremy Johnson buzz has basically been uh, bogus up until now, Mark. Uh, I don't know uh, how good Auburn's offense is unless he's clicking on all cylinders. Already 0-1-1 over-under in the season. That zero over is one under and one tie. They pushed versus Louisville in that opening uh, game in which the over-under was 55 points and the final score was 31-24. to 24. Last week, there was an outlaw over-under line in the Jacksonville State game. It was 63, and the final score, of course, was 27-20 to 20 in overtime. The game did go under the total by uh, more than double digits. Auburn was a team that uh, is historically a fairly good under team on the road anyway. They went under the total. In 67% of their road games last year, two and four over under. On the flip side, of course, you've got LSU. Of course, they didn't play a full game, so they only basically have one game under their belt, and that game did go under the total. It was last week's game against Mississippi State, in which the over under line was 52 and a half points. Final score 21 to 19. Uh, another game that went under the total by double digits by 12 and a half points to be exact. This LSU team has actually struggled to score points as of late, dating back to last season. And I got this from the Playbook newsletter that just came out last night, Tuesday night. 16 points per game for LSU in their last six conference games. So their offense is not clicking on all cylinders as well. And in fact, they were a pretty good under team at home last season, just like Auburn was on the road. Two and four over under at home last year. For LSU, only 44.8 points per game. In addition, this has been a fairly low-scoring series, this Auburn Tiger-LSU Tiger series. 4-11 and 11 over under the last 15 games. That's four overs, 11 unders. The last five games played in Baton Rouge have gone 1-4 and four over under. Average line, 46.6. Average combined points, only 33.6. So the average game played in LSU has gone under the total by almost two full touchdowns by 13 points per game. Now, of course, uh, I just mentioned at the top of the segment that uh, uh, we've had issues uh, as far as turnovers. Actually, both teams have had some turnover issues on offense already this season. Auburn with five interceptions, one fumble on offense in two games. LSU had two interceptions last week in, in their game against Mississippi State. And finally, neither team has played uh, very quickly from a, a tempo standpoint. Auburn uh, versus uh, Louisville in their game, one play every 28 to 29 seconds. LSU against Mississippi State last week, one play every 25 seconds. That's pretty much uh, middle of the road in terms of tempo. Neither team playing with a quick tempo. So, Mark, we're going to look to go under the total. Auburn versus LSU this week. You're going to want to play it as soon as possible as that early sharp money is already signaling that the under is the play. Victor King looks for a defensive struggle between the Battle of the Tigers on Saturday. He'll go under the total in the Auburn-LSU matchup. And as you mentioned, Victor, here, Auburn comes in here nearly stunned last week by Jacksonville State. Had to go to overtime as a 40-point favorite to eke that victory out. Take a look at this football team here. I can understand a little bit why there was a letdown in that contest. They were sandwiched between Louisville in that football game with a big Southeast Conference game on deck, that being LSU this particular week. So a bad flat spot last week for the Auburn Tigers, who are now 2-0 and on the scoreboard, but they've been outstanding in both football contests thus far this football season here. Their offense is just not hitting on all cylinders. They're averaging just 364 yards a game this season. That's as opposed to 493 yards a game last year, down nearly 130 yards as their offense. But you're talking about a Gus Malzahn football team here, and Gus Malzahn in big football games knows how to step things up. He's 9-3 and three to the spread as a dog in his career, and 
in his career as an underdog against undefeated opponents. He's a perfect 3-0 and to the spread, having knocked two of those guys down straight up on the football field. LSU, the Bengal Tigers come into this game playing with major revenge. They got beat 41-7 to by Auburn last year, so this game has been circled, you can rest for sure, on the LSU calendar. The bad news, however rest largely around Les Miles, their head coach, who's really struggled in, as a conference home favorite when his team's off a win. He's only covered eight out of 31 times he's been in that particular role in his career. Auburn just one and eight. I'm sorry, LSU, I should say, just one and eight to the spread as home favorites of seven or more points. And Victor mentioned here that this team is just not hit scoring. They're averaging less than 16 points a game in their last six football games, and a lot of that is because they've been outplayed on the field. They've been outstanding in five of those last six football games. I think this is the LSU football team that's going backwards here, not the Auburn football team. My clincher here, take a look at Les Miles in conference home openers in his career, 1-11-1 to the spread. You're talking about a generous amount of points from a top 25-ranked football team that's red-faced and embarrassed. I'll take the points with the Auburn Tigers for my side in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our National Football League Game of the Week, and it couldn't be a better one Sunday night. When the Green Bay Packers host the Seattle Seahawks, we'll be back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this, the second week of the National Football League season for the 2015 campaign. Victor, a big football game on tap Sunday night when the Green Bay Packers play host to the Seattle Seahawks, and you know revenge is circled in red ink on this for the Green Bay Packers. What's your take on the over-under total in this football game, which I'm sure a lot of people will be glued to come Sunday night? It certainly will, Mark. Before I do get into uh, my little write-up for this Sunday night play, uh, we mentioned that we did like Auburn and LSU under the total in our college football segment. My preliminary research uh, has four more games I'm targeting as potential unders. I'm not saying they're going to be King Creole game day plays, but uh, at this fairly early stage of the week, of course, we record the show on Wednesday morning. There are four more unders I'm potentially targeting for the weekend in college football. Call them opinions, uh, call them whatever you like, but it's South Carolina, Georgia under the total, Pittsburgh, Iowa under the total, Connecticut, Missouri under the total, and finally California, Texas under the total. Now on to the NFL. Last week we were fortunate to be on the over in the Cowboys-Giants game. We talked about it as our pro football game of the week last week. And, uh, heck, if you watch the game and you bet the over – you probably had a uh, pit in your stomach 
for, what, 50 minutes of the game in which we thought we basically had no shot. At one point, the score was 20-3. to It was in the fourth quarter. Uh, we didn't think we had any sort of chance whatsoever. But we got lucky. We can thank Tony Romo. We can also thank some questionable offensive play calling by the New York Giants when they refused to go in the end zone. There was two consecutive plays there where Rashad Jennings was told in the huddle not to score a touchdown. That's tough to tell a football player to not score a touchdown. Well, as a result, the Giants got a field goal. Dallas got the ball back with a minute and a half, and they scored a touchdown, and it was a happy ending for all of us, for those who were on the Giants plus the points, and for those of us who were on the over in that particular game as well. In this Seahawks-Packers game, the over-under line were somewhere around the 48-49 to 49 range. It's been a fairly high-scoring series in regular season play. The last five meetings between these two teams have gone 3-1-1 one, one over under. Average line, 44.7. Average score, 48.0, which is right around what this week's over-under line was. Both of these teams went over the total in their game one last week. For Seattle, it was a high-scoring division game against the St. Louis Rams, 34-31. to 31. The over-under line was uh, 41 points. They went over the total by 24 points. However, before you go running and slamming the over in this game, let's remember there were three freak scores in that uh, St. Louis-Seattle game last week in which there was a punt return or a fumble return or some sort of kick return touchdown that contributed to 21 points in that game 21 extra freak points in that game so that game probably should have been a little bit closer than the final score indicated in terms of total points for green bay they went over the total in their game against the chicago bears in the windy city final score was 31 to 23 over under line was 48 and a half the game ended up going over the total by five and a half minutes and that's thanks to that uh oh Marcellus Bennett, uh, Chicago Bears, touchdown late in the game that pushed that game over the total. Last year, Seattle was a middle-of-the-road over-under team in terms of their road games, 4-4 four and four over-under on the road for the Seahawks, averaging 39.5 points per game. Green Bay was a pretty good over team at home last season, going 6-2 and two to the over. Average points in Packer home games last year was a nice high average of 60.0 in terms of each team's averages in this particular game of the season Seattle's gone one and three over under in their second game of the season averaging 35.3 points per game the Packers uh, on the flip side eight and two to the over 80 percent of the last 10 years game twos have gone over the total in Green Bay with an average of 52.7 points per game now Seattle, uh, they have only been a regular season underdog only nine times in the last three years. They've gone under the total in 67% of those games, three and six over under. The last nine times Vegas has made Seattle an actual underdog in an NFL regular season game with a really low average of 32.7 points per game. Uh, one thing of interesting note in regards to the Seattle Seahawks uh, in regards to the high over-under line, relatively high over-under line for a Seattle game, if you will, the last 11 games for the Seattle Seahawks in which the over-under line was 48 or more points, there's been only one over and 10 unders for the Seattle Seahawks. So when you post a high over-under line in the Seattle game, you do want to think about going under the total, and that's the way that we're going to be looking in this particular game as well. I do understand that the Packers historically go over the total in games against the NFC West, going 13-3 and to the over in their last 16 games against this particular division. However, the Packers have got a Monday night game on tap next week against the Kansas City Chiefs, and Green Bay has gone 0-11 at home. That's zero overs, 11 unders at home before playing a Monday night game in their next week. The, it would probably benefit Seattle to keep Aaron Rodgers and company off the field as much as possible. That tells me that beast mode is in the store for 25 to 30 carries a game. Look for a lot of rushing plays for the Seattle Seahawks in this particular games. And uh, here's a 5-21 and 21 over-under situation from our database that backs us up a little bit. Of course, I mentioned Green Bay's got that non-division Monday night game on tap next week against the Chiefs. 
521 and 1 since 1986 for non-division home teams before playing a non-division Monday game in their next game. Mark, we're going to go under the total Seattle Packers this week. Uh, I don't think Al Michaels is going to be joining us, but I do believe the under <laughs> is the play. No, Al Michaels likely won't be joining us, Victor, because we know what Al is all about. He loves those high-scoring affairs. Nonetheless, Victor's going under the total in this Sunday night showdown between Seattle and Green Bay. This being the rematch from the title game last year that cost the Green Bay Packers a trip to the Super Bowl and that weird turn of events at the end of that football game last year when it looked like for all intents and purposes it was Green Bay headed to the Super Bowl against New England. It didn't work out that way. Seattle comes into this contest having lost their season opener. They're now 0-1. The only time in Pete Carroll's career with Seattle that he started out 0-2, that was in 2011, was the only year that Seattle and Pete Carroll have missed the playoffs. They are very, very close to maybe talking about an 0-2 start this year. We'll see if they can't avoid that. They'll be trying their best to do just that. Seattle being the Super Bowl loser last year, I mentioned that because there have been only seven times that a team has lost the Super Bowl that's been able to make it back to the Super Bowl the next year. And of those, only two of them went on to win the Super Bowl. So Seattle is desperately going to try and add to that particular total this football season. Taking a look at the quarterback matchups here, we got a dandy. we got two Pro Bowl quarterbacks in Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson from Seattle, a rare underdog this particular game. In fact, he's been an underdog only 11 times in his career in the National Football League. He's won seven of those games straight up, and he's gone 10-1 to the spread as Russell Wilson when taking points in the NFL. The Green Bay Packers, we all know about Aaron Rodgers and the success that he's met with arguably the best quarterback in the National Football League today. Rodgers, 45-11 and 11 Straight up 35-18-3 to the spread at home in his NFL career. Home is where he makes his money. The Green Bay Packers, 6-1 and one to the spread in home openers and also 6-1 and one to the spread when playing with triple revenge exact. That'll be the role they'll be in here. I'm going to side, however, with the Seattle Seahawks in this football game. I know the public is going to be largely on Green Bay in this game for two reasons. Number one, because they cashed Last week against the Chicago Bears, they've got that money in their pocket. And number two, the revenge angle in this football game against the Seattle Seahawks. But it's the Seattle Seahawks that you have to take down here off a loss, which is a major concern if you're head coach Mike McCarthy for the Green Bay Packers. Also that and the fact that Sunday night home teams have really struggled to the point spread, especially of late. They're just one in six straight up into the spread the last seven Sunday night home football teams. With that all being said, I'll grab the Seattle Seahawks with three and a half points for my side in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread of the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And it's time for us to hop out to Las Vegas for our Vegas vibe. Joining Andy Isco from the logical approach to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas these days? Well, things are going great, Mark. It's been an exciting opening week to the season. Certainly, the sports books had a roller coaster ride, and uh, Sunday night and Monday sort of bailed out some of those books after the results of earlier in the day on Sunday, as far as the NFL goes. And of course, an exciting weekend in college football, answering some questions, raising even some more. Yeah, it was quite an exciting week. Uh, Victor and I hit on at the top of the show about uh, how maybe perhaps the sports books got beat up a little bit by some of the popular public teams taking down the money and talking about money. I know there's been a record amount of entries in the Superbook contest this year. If you would, Andy, bring our listeners up to speed about what exactly happened in the Superbook contest week number one and the amount of prize money that will be available this year. They had a flurry of entries over the final week. So after setting a record last year with 1,403 entries, they increased that by slightly more than 20%. 1,727 entries in total, meaning that the prize pool this year is considerably larger than a lot of people expected. In fact, we're not quite yet at the point where we're going to have a million-dollar payout, but that's not too far in the future. Two, just under 2.6 million dollars overall will be paid to the top 50 finishers in the super contest this year and uh, the super contest contestants got off to a great start this week there were i believe 105 entries who went a perfect five and oh sort of uh, uh, pretty much uh, 
imitating what uh, the public did on Sunday. And there were another uh, several dozen entries who had four winners or four 0-1. So a good start for the public. The consensus uh, plays, the top five plays, had an extraordinarily strong week. In the past, that's usually been a drawdown, a negative. But, however, this opening week, and it sort of follows up on last year, the consensus has done well. So we're seeing a lot of sharp handicappers off to a good start. Yeah, over 100 5-0 and entries, that's pretty strong. Uh, I don't know if you consider that against 1,727 entries, but I don't know if there's ever been a, over 100 5-0 and entries in any given week in the Superbook contest tonight. Uh, Andy, I know we're going to begin this segment with you talking about the Superbook, and they're preparing lines for next week already. So on Tuesdays, they're putting out lines for next week. If you would, share with our listeners some of that little bit of an overview of what's going on at the Superbook. Well, one of the questions that uh, we as handicappers and bettors often would like to know the answer to but have had great difficulty really finding out is how much of an adjustment is made based upon a given week's results. Something that uh, Jake Cornegay and the guys at the Westgate have done for the last several years is they put up advanced lines that actually can be wagered into before the playing of the previous week's game. So, for example, uh, sometime on Tuesday or Wednesday, the uh, Westgate puts up lines for week three before the games of week two are played so that you can actually make bets on week three before week two is played and then the lines come down while those games are being played and then once the uh, games are over they put up the official lines for the start of the following week so for example going back to last week before the opening week of the season uh, this Thursday night's game between Kansas City and Denver was a pick em. Well, we saw the results of week one Denver looked uh, not very sharp at least offensively in winning at home against Baltimore, Kansas City looked very impressive getting out to an early 27-9 halftime lead in their win at Houston. That game, when the game came back on the board Sunday evening after all the results were in, instead of opening at Pickham like it had been for last week, the game opened as Kansas City a three-point favorite. So there we saw a three-point adjustment based just upon the results of opening day. We see that in a number of other games. For example, one that was somewhat interesting, we saw Minnesota and San Francisco play on Sunday night. San Francisco looked much better than many people expected on both sides of the football. Well, last week, Pittsburgh was a seven-point home favorite in this contest before they took the field against New England, in which they played well, lost, but pushed the spread. Now, when this line came back up on uh, Sunday night, the line had gone down to uh, had been moved out to six and a half, and in fact, the early action on Tuesday moved that line down to Pittsburgh as a five-and-a-half point favorite. So, this is a tool that uh, we can take a look at throughout the season as far as adjustments based upon the previous week's games, many of which do not involve adjustments due to injuries, but rather, and this is where we come in as far as finding the importance, rather reflect just the results of play on the field without any injuries impacting line changes. Very interesting. It's about a perception, the lines of what they're perceived to be before the games play and the actual lines as they come out the following week. We'll keep in tune with those line moves as we visit each week with Andy Isco from The Logical Approach. And Andy, talking about line moves, have there been any major line moves in Las Vegas uh, up to date as of this broadcast that we should be aware of? Well, in college football, we haven't seen too much in the way of line moves. You know, the lines in college football have been coming out a little bit later, at least in the early start of the year. I imagine that as we get deeper into the season and we know more about these teams and the lines makers know more about these teams, we'll see them come out earlier on Sunday afternoon than they have the first couple of weeks. And so we haven't seen a lot of line movement as we uh, as we record this broadcast. Most of that line move will occur later in the week, but some early line moves involving significant numbers are key numbers. North Carolina will be hosting Illinois this week. Of course, Illinois making news right before the season, uh, getting rid of a, a coach who can be defined as anything other than a player's coach, Tim Beckman. North Carolina uh, was reflected in Illinois' play. They've looked very good against a couple of weak teams in the opening uh, first two games of their season. North Carolina opened as a 10.5 point road favorite, uh, excuse me, 10.5 point home favorite, and that line has already crossed the key number of 10 to where North Carolina is now favored by just 9.5 a key game in the SEC has LSU a seven and a half point opening home favorite against Auburn, and despite the fact that Auburn struggled last week against FCS Jacksonville State, barely winning the game in overtime, the money has come in on Auburn. We've seen that line move hit the key number of seven in several places, and actually gone down in other places to six and a half. So crossing over that key number of seven in what will also be a key SEC conference game. 
Line moves we're discussing with Andy Isco from The Logical Approach. You can download Andy's newsletter, The Logical Approach. Visit his website, but thelogicalapproach.com. Andy's newsletter is also available in the all-new Playbook Superstore, where you can download his newsletter and some of the best newsletters in the country, all at the playbooksuperstore.com website as well. Victor, I know with a big week of the National Football League now behind us in the rearview mirror, you've got a question you'd like to run by Andy on the show this week. I want to get Andy's impression on week one in the NFL. Sunday was kind of rough for the books, uh, great for the squares with more faves and dogs covering on Sunday, Andy, particularly the uh, public favorites, the Green Bays, the Miamis, the Denvers of the world. But I'm a, I would imagine the books probably got all that back and then some with the dog covering on Sunday night and with the results on Monday night. Not only did both underdogs cover the spread on Monday, but they won outright. And, Andy, both games went under the total. I would think that that Philly-Atlanta over probably generated a lot of money that the books were glad the game stayed under. You're, you're exactly right, Victor. In fact, if you go back to last year, week one of the 2014 season, which was one of the best opening weeks in the history of Las Vegas sportsbooks, when we had underdogs covering and winning outright to a great extent. This year, it was pretty much the opposite, as we had a lot of the big public favorites winning. Although, interestingly enough, this was a very unusual week one because the largest favorites on the board were only seven-point favorites. You had, well, of course, you had New England on Thursday night, a seven-point favorite, and that was not a good result for the book because that pushed and they had the unusual circumstances surrounding the Tom Brady suspension over the summer. But then you had Green Bay, a seven-point favorite at Chicago. They barely covered. And then Sunday night, Dallas, a seven-point favorite. Otherwise, you had nothing higher than a four, four-and-a-half-point favorite on opening week. And where the books really made out was Sunday night because even though they had lost tremendously throughout the day, you had a lot of parlays tied into the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night as perhaps the final leg of those parlays or perhaps as part of the parlays tied into Monday night favorite. So when Dallas uh, failed to cover the spread, even though they came back to win the game and the game barely went over, it was at least somewhat of a softening of the losses that the books uh, suffered earlier in the day. And then, of course, as you point out, uh, the best result for the house on Monday is generally going to be uh, underdog and under. And that's what we saw both in the Atlanta-Philadelphia game, followed up by the uh, Minnesota-San Francisco game. And that Minnesota-San Francisco game is worth noting because virtually all the action uh, throughout the the last few months since those lines first went up after the draft uh, in in late May, had San Francisco open a three, three and a half point favorite and the money flowed in very steadily. Not so much, I think, on Minnesota as much as it was against San Francisco to the point mm-hmm. where San Francisco closed a two point uh, home underdog and cash for a lot of underdog bettors. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com website. If you like Andy's analysis on what's going on in Las Vegas, and believe me, he's got a pulse on exactly what's going on there, check his out on his website, TheLogicalApproach.com. And while you're at it, download his newsletter for all the insightful information from Andy Isco. Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners out there would love to know what you'd like to pass along as your complimentary play on the football card this week. I'm going to actually go to the Monday night game, which is usually a high-profile game, but I'm going to share a very interesting statistic involving the Indianapolis Colts and the New York Jets, and it actually comes from uh, uh, Victor's Ballywick, uh, totals play. The Indianapolis Colts with Andrew Luck are known to be a very high-scoring football team, but if you go back to the end of last season, the Indianapolis Colts finished on a run of seven consecutive unders. Now, it barely stayed under in that loss to the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game, but the Indianapolis Colts played their last seven games under the total, and what did they do opening the season with their loss in Buffalo? Eight straight I'm going to take a look for that to continue on Monday night as the Jets and the Colts stay under the total. We should see a better performance offensively out of the Colts, but we also might see a little bit better defensive performance against the New York Jets offense that certainly for the first few weeks of the season should struggle. Andy Isco riding the under train in the Indianapolis Colts New York Jets game Monday night. He'll look for that streak to reach nine straight unders to the Colts with his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, once again, a great job on the show this week. We'll look forward to talking with you next week. I'm going to wish you the best of luck as always. And our listeners out there, be sure to check out thelogicalapproach.com for information on Andy's services. Andy, good luck this week. We'll talk with you next weekend. Thanks, guys. Best of luck to you as well. 
That was Andy Isco joining us from The Logical Approach, getting our Vegas vibe to finding out exactly what's going on in Las Vegas for football games this week. Don't go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to put the final wraps on this show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, and Victor and I will also share with you our top complimentary plays when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. And let's get right to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football show this week takes place in College Football Saturday. We call it Not So Difficult. What we're looking to do is to plan any college football team that played the most difficult schedule last season if they're off a straight-up favorite loss in their last game and are taking on a non-conference opponent. Last year... The Arkansas Razorback happened to be the team that faced the most difficult schedule. They're off a straight-up favorite loss, and they're playing a non-conference opponent. Good news for the Razorbacks because teams in this role are 14-2 and against the spread, dating back to 1990. We'll make a play on the Arkansas Razorbacks for our not-so-difficult awesome angle of the week this week. And before I hand it off to Victor King for his complimentary play on the show this week, I'm going to remind our listeners out there to visit mybookie.ag. Guys, this is the only offshore sports book that I recommend. They've got real friendly customer service. They actually answer the phones. They're real friendly, fast payouts, added cash bonuses when you sign up. Call toll-free today at 1-844-900-2387. That's 1-844-900-2387. Or visit them online at mybookie.ag. Victor, you're complimentary playing the football show this week. If you would, and let our listeners know what you've got on tap this weekend in the world of college and the NFL football. You know, Mark, from a uh, totals perspective, we've been talking nothing but unders all show. We mentioned that uh, we're leaning under the Auburn LSU game. We mentioned uh, three or four additional college football plays in which we're looking for low scoring results. Uh, I also mentioned that I'm leaning under in the Sunday night game between Seattle and Green Bay. Of course, Andy mentioned he liked the Monday night game under the total. Uh, FYI, right now I'm leaning under in the Thursday night game uh, as Kansas City will be playing the Denver Broncos with a low number of 42. Is there not at least one over in the NFL that I like this week? Yes, there is. And this is courtesy of the totals tip sheet. And we're going under the total in the Windy, excuse me, over the total in the Windy City this week. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Chicago Bears. I think we've got shootout in store on Sunday as the Bears host the Cardinals in a game in which basically neither defense scares anybody whatsoever. Chicago 
Number 30th ranked defense last year, allowing 377 yards per game. That's the Chicago Bears defense. You know, Arizona, they lost some key players on defense in the offseason, not to mention their architect, Todd Bowles, who went to the New York Jets. This Arizona team is a different team in the 2015 season, particularly when Carson Palmer, quarterback, is healthy. You know, last week there at 30-19 to 19 win against the Saints, it was the only game all weekend in the NFL in which both teams had more than 400 yards of offense. Of course, Chicago, they, they kind of picked up right where they left off from last season, allowing 31 points to the Green Bay Packers at home last week. I don't think either team's going to have a problem scoring in this particular game. Chicago's got a knack for turning red zone trips into touchdowns rather than field goals, as evidenced by their 70% mark, which was number three in the NFL last year. And you can see that in this week's totals tip sheet on that new red zone TD scoring chart that we put out on page five. Of course, on the flip side, if you know anything about Arizona head coach Bruce Arian and his offensive tendencies, you know that he calls for more deep passes than any other team in the league. We're talking six to eight deep passes a game that Bruce Arians calls. Quick points, anybody? Certainly. Now, this series, Arizona-Chicago, the over has gone a perfect 3-0 and in the last three meetings. Average of 50.0 points per game. You know, last week on the show and in the totals tip sheet, we made a big point of going under the total in just about every non-division game in which the road team was favored. Well, this week, the road team is favored, and it's a non-division game. The opposite holds true in the second week of the season. 17-5 and over-under, game two non-division road favorites, like the Arizona Cardinals. The last time I looked, they were favored by two to two and a half on the road against this Chicago Bears team. So, Mark, we're going over the total. The line is 45 points, Windy City shootout. Cardinals bears over the total. Now you're going to want to get uh, the newsletters are required reading these days, guys. The playbook best bets eight and one last nine totals tip sheets off a winning week. You can get this week's newsletter. That's playbook number four totals tip sheet number two available, of course, on our website, playbook.com or the new playbook superstore.com as well. Victor King from King Creole Sports, he says both a lot of wind and a lot of points involved in that Chicago-Arizona football game on Sunday. He goes over the total. And also, I want to remind our listeners out there to check out the Playbook.com website Thursdays for Victor's Fab Five, his daily or weekly review, I should say, of fantasy football. He'll project five teams to put on your DraftKings Millionaire Maker Ticket this Sunday. And speaking about DraftKings, you want to make sure you, if you haven't registered yet, do so now. Get on board to win your share of a $10 million purse. Simply log on at DraftKings.com forward slash Mark, that's M-A-R-C, to get on board for the $10 million fantasy contest at DraftKings.com. Also, before I get to my complimentary play, I want to remind our listeners that another $99 football weekend of winners is on tap from our red-hot, top-ranked late-phone football service. We were 4-1 on our five late-phone football plays last weekend, highlighted with our NFL opening week play of the year on the Buffalo Bills. I'll be featuring my college football underdog game of the month this Saturday. All college and NFL plays complete through the Monday night game for just $99 complete. All you need to do is to log on to the website at playbook.com or give our office a call toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary call on the college football card this Saturday is on the Air Force when they take on Michigan State in a non-conference matchup in East Lansing on Saturday. Air Force entered into this football game off a great 2-0 start to begin the football season. They beat San Jose State by 21 points last week. A pretty good defense of San Jose State they beat up by 21 points. They've got next week off, does the Air Force, with Navy on deck. So they've got a week to get ready for the Navy here. They won't be resting anybody. They'll be a week off to get ready for that particular contest. Michigan State comes in off their huge revenge win over Oregon last Saturday night. And I got to say this about Michigan State, as good as they are, and they're a very good football team, they're not the same defense without defensive coordinator Pat Marduzzi, who left the program to take over as the head coach with the Pitt Panthers. 
This is also the second of a three-game homestand for Michigan State, where they're just 1-7-1 and one to the spread in the middle of a three-game homestand. And I think the bottom line to this contest is you're talking about a military team taking 20 or more points in a football game. We called this out in our newsletter this week. Since 1980, military dogs of 20 or more points are 72 36 and 4 to the spread on the blind. That's a fantastic number with over 100 results. Military dogs taking 20 or more points. I'll grab the points with Air Force for my side in this football game on Saturday. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com joining us for the Vegas Vibe this week, and our good friend Jack Reynolds we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>